welcome to The Geek in Review, the podcast focused on innovative and creative ideas in the legal profession. I'm Marlene Gaybauer. And I'm Greg Lambert. And we are still recording at the uh, 2024 Legal Week Conference. Wrapping and, it up. Yeah, today's the last day. We are joined by Bill Pawanka. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Xtero. Bill, welcome to The Geek in Review. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Bill, we just said, you know, it's Thursday, we're wrapping up. Um, You know, how has been your experience at uh, Legal Week this year? Well, let's see if I can answer that two ways. There's my experience and then my company's. My experience uh, has been uh, probably actually similar, uh, slammed, Um, which is a good thing because, you know, for those people that are listening that may or may not have come, um, you know, we saw a real big turn uh, or decline in attendance and participation after COVID. And this year feels like we're back to pre-COVID levels. So um, one of the reasons that Xtero continues to come back to this show year after year is the ability to meet with our customers, prospects, partners. I mean, everybody comes. This is that one show that, you know, from a marketing perspective, whenever I join a new company, it's like, okay, what's the table stakes conference? You have to be there. Like if you're not there, everybody wonders, are you going out of business? (laughs) You know, legal week, it's not legal tech anymore, but legal week is that one. I've, uh, I've spent maybe five minutes on the show floor and I walked around quickly just to see, you know, what people were saying. And shockingly it's AI. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had goals on booth scans, and I think we exceeded them by noon on Tuesday morning. So it, it, this has been a really, really good show. What's been your message this year to the people that – I know you've only been at the booth for 15 minutes, but uh, uh, what's the direction uh, that, that you're going with Xtero that you're kind of announcing here? Well, there, so we did make an announcement probably like everybody else that's been on the, the podcast, we, we do have uh, a, an a AI assistant. The, one of the interesting things is ours actually exists. Um, you can actually use not, it. And not just demo get, magic. Yeah, no, and it's, it's not coming in six or nine months. It's actually here. Um, but I think the biggest thing that the conversations we're having with our existing customers and prospective customers is this manifestation of of something that our CEO saw a long time ago, which is this convergence of privacy, compliance, legal operations, litigation support, cybersecurity response. Um, And the way that we think about it, it's how are organizations managing their data risk, right? Everybody talks about the value of data, and there's certainly... If you can harness the power of data and you can get insights into it, you're going to compete more effectively than your competitors. You're going to win in whatever market you play. And the other side of it, though, is obviously the risk. And if you think about um, a data breach, you think about all of the privacy legislation that has been enacted around the world. If you think about criminal activity, activity that results in litigation, if you think about the role of legal, whether they're a litigator or litigation support or, you know, what we've seen is a lot of times privacy is now reporting into legal or compliance is reporting into legal. And if they don't report directly and they overlap, right, they have to respond to requests for that data. From an e-discovery perspective, you have to respond to an e-discovery request. How do you go find the data, collect the data, review it, all that. Privacy, how do you know 
what sensitive data you have. Do you know where it is? Are you protecting it in the right way? Are you using it in the right way? Can you prove that to the uh, regulators? Um, if a consumer or even an employee says, I want to exercise my right to know what data you have, can you do that within the time frame? If they say, you know what, I want you to delete it, do you know if that data is under a retention obligation? If, is it under a legal hold? Like, how do you ensure what you're doing is in compliance with whatever law and is defensible? A data breach, you certainly don't think legal owns data breaches, you know, from a, oh my gosh, what happened and how do we, how do we you know, plug the dike and how do we protect ourselves? But you have to very quickly determine, was there any sensitive data that was potentially compromised and who did it belong to and where do they live because there are reporting or notification laws that get triggered. And if you can't do that, I mean, GDPR gives you 72 hours. So it's a very large kind of, you know, there's different workflows and different tasks that different people in the organization have to have, but it all boils down to managing digital risk. So change gears a little bit because uh, I was reading up on the uh, survey that you did with the ACC for the is the 2024 ACC CLO survey and there were some really interesting <laughs> results in there and I, I think it wouldn't be a, a huge stretch to, to say that the overall theme uh, of the survey is that the chief legal officers uh, at a corporation are under a lot of pressure to cut budgets cut outside counsel spend but at the same time you know, take on more responsibilities in, in-house, uh, being very strategic at the technology that's uh, being implemented in their department. And so it sounds like, you know, it's the old adage of, you know, we want you to do a lot more with a lot less. Is, is that a, a good summary of, of, the, of that? I, I mean, I think it's an <laughs> incredibly accurate summary, but it, it's interesting because I've been with Xterial for 10 years, so I've been in legal technology <laughs> for 10 years. But prior to that, I had no experience in in this space, although I had a couple of years with a compliance company. It was a hotline ethics hotline company. But my whole career, and I'm getting up there in age, has been almost that same mantra of do more with less, that every other department has had that mantra applied to them. And I remember when I first started, I went to an information governance conference down in Florida, and we all agreed the Conus Islands, we wouldn't You know, we could share things and it wouldn't go out. And this uh, assistant general counsel of a Fortune 500 company stood up and he said, you know what? It's easier for me to get unbudgeted $10 million to address new legal matter than it is to get a uh, uh, printer for my desktop. And what, you know, it coalesced in my mind at that time. They had really good processes for procurement at that company. Right. They had rules. They, you know, he couldn't get he couldn't just go out and buy something, but they didn't for legal. It was like we have to protect ourselves. We're being sued. We're going to spend whatever we have to spend. But if you take a step back, you think about e-discovery. That's a business process you do the same thing every single time. It just the scope changes. You know, if it's uh, a sexual harassment, a manager versus a, an employee, that's very few custodians, but you still have to know who your custodians are. You need to go collect the data, review the data, redact, produce, whatever. And it's the same thing if it's two Fortune 500 companies fighting over IP theft, right? So if you start taking that mentality of 
how do I operationalize and orchestrate my, my processes? And, and if legal thinks of what they do as business processes as opposed to this is, you know, knowledge work and there are no processes, you can put process to what they do. And, and with process, you can manage, measure, and optimize, but you can also ensure defensibility. You can ensure that different people do the same thing the same way every single time. And, you know, these, these uh, macro trends of, you know, there's always new laws, huge scrutiny on privacy, and more and more privacy uh, departments are falling under the GC or the CLO. We're all under a constant threat of breach. All of those require what the rest of the organization has had applied to them for years, which is people process technology. How do you do that? Because we're always going to have to do more with less. That never, we don't hit the good times and they go, hey, we're going to double your budget. Just, you know, sit back. <laughs> no, you're just going to like keep doing the same. So, you know, speaking of budgetary pressures, I mean, how do those impact the ability of, of the CLO to manage these increasing responsibilities and, and like some of these expanding roles you're talking about? Um, how do they do that efficiently? Well, I mean, it, it takes uh, maybe a tiny different mentality, you know, bit of mentality of to say, okay, where am I spending my money and how do I spend that more effectively? If the expectation from the C-suite is going to be, we need you to continue to deliver the same level or even higher level of high quality output as you have in the past, but you're getting no more money and no more people. You have to figure out okay, where am I spending? Are there ways that we can do that more efficiently? And how are my people spending their time? Can we figure out ways to do that more effectively? You know, Xtero has a very broad data risk management platform now, but 10 years ago, we were very much in the e-discovery space only. And our target market was not the law firms or the legal service advisors, it was corporations. And our argument at the time was, why are you outsourcing all of your e-discovery? You know, certainly you should be doing your own preservation and legal hold processes, but you can collect, you can process, you can even do first pass review in-house. And depending on the size of the matter, maybe all of the review in-house, there's always going to be a reason why you have to go up to your third party, you know, to a service provider or to outside counsel because they bring expertise that you don't have. But uh, is there a way to figure out how to leverage technology and people and process to, to meet those do more with less mandates coming from the C-suite. Um, going to go back to the survey again. So uh, the survey notes that uh, differences in ESG strategy involvement between CLOs in the U.S. and those internationally. Uh, can you provide a little more insight on into those regional differences um, and the implications? I don't know that I, I can as much, but I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to cultural. Right. Yeah. Um, Ultra and politics, I think. Well, <laughs> certainly, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll reference back when I was working for that hotline company. Hotline just seemed like, of course, you have to do that, right? Because I, I fear retribution or retaliation, so I need to have a way to to say, hey, I, I you know, my boss is ha harassing me, or I saw, I think the CFO is stealing money, or you know, whatever it might be. And in Germany, you, you can't have uh, anonymous hotline reporting. And it makes sense because they went through a period, you know, where anonymous reporting meant people lost their lives. So I had never thought about that from, you know, because I'm a, a U.S. citizen and 
you know, I, I grew up in this culture. So, you know, you think about ESG and, and it is absolutely going to be colored by where you live, what culture you have, what, what your history is within that, that region. So it doesn't surprise me that there are differences, but I don't know that I'm a social psychologist and get into a lot of the <laughs> deep details. I don't know. You were doing a pretty good job there. <laughs> well, I know that uh, Xtero has been heavily investing in, in you know, the new newer features that are being implemented into the product. Talk to us a little bit more about the, the new AI tool that, that you have that actually exists, as yeah. you say. So um, what kind of set you apart from the other AI tools that uh, that are out on the floor today? Right. Well, I'll first start by saying ours actually exists. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll be generous and say my competitors will eventually get there. But I think one of the things is um, Xero was founded uh, back in 2008 with the vision of if we could combine the discipline of data science and process orchestration to how organizations manage digital risk, we could help them be more effective. So we have had a AI team at Xtero for nine years, I think, maybe eight years. Um, you think about e-discovery, it's interesting because most people think, you know, lawyers are the, the Luddites and the, the last to adopt technology, but we've had predictive coding, TAR, continuous active learning, whatever, in review forever, which made tremendous amount of sense because of the cost and time in the review uh, stage. So, of course, Xtero has, you know, uh, functionality there as well. But our vision always was, how do we take AI and put it throughout the entire e-discovery process? So we applied it in early case assessment to really quickly determine patterns or clusters. We could do things like, hey, Greg is a known custodian and we see all this uh, information he has. He's communicating a lot with Marlene and she has like 90% overlap. We don't have Marlene as a custodian. Maybe we should, instead of having to take the time to do a, you know, an interview and say, who else should we talk to? Maybe we should just go after, you know, put Marlene. The evidence Marlene is there. Out. It's like, yeah, we should yeah. do that. We've put AI into our legal hold product to say, Based on all the data, when is the optimal time to send out a notification to ensure the highest level of acknowledgement? So we've always been doing that. So when ChatGPT came out and blew up and everything last year, we had already been working on our own large language models and had already been doing a lot of this stuff. So the announcement we made this year, this week about Xtero Assist, it's what you'd expect with you know an AI assistant. With natural language, we enable our customers to not only precisely find data or get insights by asking questions. Okay, what's and, and you can do it in a very natural way. What's the acknowledgement rate on my legal? Oh, it's forty nine percent. Okay, well, how? What's the acknowledgement rate of executives? Oh, it's less than that. Okay, who are the executives? And you can imagine this is a question that probably comes up. And you can always get that information, but, you know, it had, without an AI assistant, you have to create a couple of reports, you have to dig through, you have to find that stuff. Now, just in natural language, even with typos and everything, you can get it. The second thing that we enable is actual uh, tasks. So with that example, I could say, okay, how about we suspend 
reminders and escalations for the executives. So you can just type in and say, suspend or stop or don't do it anymore or whatever. And because we know that there's, you, you don't want to give up human control, the system will come back and say, do you want me to suspend the notification, you know, the escalation for Greg and Marlene? Proceed or cancel. So it's always an assistant. It's not a happening. Like someone always gets to choose. Exactly. Exactly. We okay. all are still, at least today, in control. <laughs> we still of, have yes. our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Bill, we ask all our guests the crystal ball question. And so, you know, you put your crystal ball out and look ahead into the future, you know, maybe two, two to five years, two to four years. And, you know, tell us what you see as a change or a challenge um, in the future for our industry. You know, if you'd asked us two years ago, we wouldn't have even been talking about AI. And so, <laughs> right? <laughs> is it easy to say go on that one? I, I mean, I, I I absolutely see the trends that came through the ACC CLO report manifesting themselves even further. GC or CLO is going to continue to uh, expand her role and scope of responsibilities, and managing digital risk is going to be incredibly important. You know, the, the amount of new data being created and the pace of it and the new uh, ways we communicate, who knows, you know, we may not, we, we may be laughing that people use Slack or, or Teams, you know, in five years, who knows, um, something's going to take its place. And then I, I think the other side of it is ensuring responsible AI. The, the models that are being built, you're going to have to... Um, be able to demonstrate that they're uh, devoid of bias, that they're accurate, that how how are it, there's going to be AI governance is going to yeah, yeah. yeah that there's going to be a lot of effort there. Very interesting. It's like I was hearing that as well. Like I was in a, a PLI session on uh, AI law, and that was a big focus that there is going to be an expansion in this area. Um, you're going to need more people, more roles, different ways of making sure that it's ethical use and responsible use. I think, so. and, and I think that's just something I, I, I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline and I tend to agree with it. It was something that, you know, Bill Gates is not afraid of AI taking <laughs> uh, uh, jobs away. Mm -hmm. I think in five years, the there will be a drastic shift of how, what people do, how they do, what their role is, because AI will eliminate a lot of work today. But it, I'm, I think I'm more in the Bill Gates uh, yeah. camp where I think that just means there's going to be new classes of jobs that are going to come out. You I don't do a see, pretty good job of filling that void. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I, I don't see you know, mass unemployment because AI is doing everything for us. I see just new things coming out. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for that universal income so I could just <laughs> sit back and not, not do much. But uh, I, I think the, that may be later than uh, than I want it to be. So, well, Bill Polanka from uh, Xtero, I want to thank you very much for coming in and talking with us, sitting down with us uh, today at, uh, at the uh, Legal Week. Oh, it's my thank pleasure. You, thank you for having me. And of course, thanks to all of you, our listeners, for taking the time to listen to the Geek and Review podcast. If you enjoy the show, share it with a colleague. We'd love to hear from you, so reach out to us on social media. I can be found on LinkedIn or on X at Gabe Bauer M., 
and on threads at at mgaybauer66. And I can be reached on LinkedIn and on X at uh, Glambert. So, uh, Bill, if someone wanted to learn more about you or Xtero, where's the best place to, to find you? For Xtero, obvious, the Xtero.com is going to have all the information. And I'm on LinkedIn. I don't really go to X very often anymore. I've maintained my uh, uh, account, but... Uh, yeah, I think LinkedIn or, or xero.com is the best way. And as always, the music you hear is from Jerry David DeSicca. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Thank you later. All right. Bye-bye.